Hey dude, Facts family, my oh my, are you in for a treat today. You're going to hear the first of four Dude Dollop sessions. Over the next couple of weeks, each dude is going to take some time to get intimate with our listeners. That's right, you'll get to hear their story, a little bit about their life, and anything else they might find interesting. And don't worry, there'll still be plenty of corny jokes. So sit back, relax, and grab a cup of joe. The dollop drops now. Okay, so who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I'm going to talk about that and much more, but hey guys, I'm Jeff, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story today, but I'm going to focus on a specific part of my story, specifically that of being an athlete and how faith impacts sport. So let's go. You ready to take this crazy adventure with me? All right. So this is going to be one of four dude dollops that you're going to hear. And uh, it's going to be a part of the Dude Facts podcast. We're breaking away from the monotony a little bit, doing something a little bit different, where we're going to be sharing a little bit about us and uh, giving you a little bit of our testimony, how we came to know Jesus, what makes us tick, uh, share a little bit of that journey with you, and um, share a little bit of knowledge from our experience. So I am married with two kiddos. I have a 15-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son, and my family means the absolute world to me. I am currently an Army chaplain, United States Army chaplain. I've been doing this for about 11 years, and God has allowed me to um, achieve the rank of major and uh, work at the United States Military Academy at West Point, which was really cool. I've been able to preach the gospel all over the world um, in several different countries and multiple continents and uh, all over the United States. And before that, I was a youth pastor. And I did that for about seven years, and I loved it. I worked with Josh for a little bit. Um, Grant and Ryan were interns, so that's where that connection all lies. And uh, I would not have left youth ministry if it weren't for the fact that God called me out of it because I loved youth ministry that much. God called me out of it and he called me to do something more missional outside of the traditional church setting. Jesus radically changed my life at the age of seven. Um, But honestly, it it was about the age of 15 that I, I really began to own my faith and I really began to passionately pursue Christ on a daily basis. And let me tell you, I love having Jesus in my life. Uh, He has brought me great joy. He has helped me through a lot, but he has given me purpose. 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so that is my purpose to do everything that I do for the glory of God. So I am a jock of all trades. I'm a master of none. If that was in the dictionary, um, my picture would be right next to it. In all honesty, I, I, I have dipped my toes in many different waters, which uh, one is good because my toes are rather stinky, but um, it just means that I, I've, I've done a lot. And I don't say all that just to say it. I say it because God has really given me some really cool opportunities, and I want to share a few of those with you. Uh, with you tonight. God has given me many desires and many passions. Sports and athletics are one of them. 
I mean, you can see I'm repping here. Um, I absolutely love sports, and we're going to get into that in a second. But uh, I also love the arts. I love to play guitar. I love to sing. I love to make videos. I make raps. Um, I write. I've published three books, y'all. Um, I've got them up there on the shelf. I can pull them over here. But uh, you can go on Amazon and search my name, and you can find my books. And I encourage you to do so. I write devotions with my family, which is really cool. I do this podcast because I love humor, and I use humor in a lot of the things um, that I've done. I've even produced, written, directed, and starred in a cable access television show that I did uh, shortly after I graduated um, from college. So I've done a lot. And again, I don't say all that to say, look at me, even though I just said, yes, Google me or Amazon me and find my books. Um, no, I, I say all that because God gives us passions for a reason. Absolutely, I believe that. God gives us passions for a reason, and we can choose to pursue those passions selfishly and maybe even have a little bit of success in doing that. But as the scripture says, do it all for the glory of God. I'm grateful that I've been able to use those hodgepodge of gifts, talents, and passions in some form or fashion for the Lord. Now, specifically, the passion of sports. I, again, am one of those sports nuts. I grew up playing every sport that you can imagine. I played baseball, soccer, basketball, football, bowling, badminton, golf, tennis, you name it, I played it. But the biggest ones were cross country and track. I've always been a runner. I'm one of those crazy people that just enjoys running. I grew up with the beautiful curse of being a Boston everything sports fan. Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins. Right now, my Celtics struggling a little bit as of this recording. Down one game to nothing against the Heat. Come on, Jason Tatum. Got to bring him back. But uh, yeah, sports are my thing. I enjoy it. But this is where I'm going to stop real quick and uh, take a little bit of a break because we're going to get to this. And uh, I do want to be silly with you tonight as well. Um, I want to be serious and I want to be silly and I want to tell you my story. But uh, I want to have a little bit of fun before we get into the serious stuff. I want to answer that question that I asked at the very beginning, LeBron or MJ. So it's NBA playoff time. And once again, LeBron James is sniffing around the championship. He's always he, he's always sniffing around the championship. He sniffs more than our president sniffs. He's a sniffer. He's always there. Now, don't get me wrong. I respect LeBron. I think the dude is fantastic. Um, he's amazing. I don't respect his version of Space Jam as much as MJ's, but I respect LeBron. He's talented. He's legit. He's good. He's great. He's one of the greatest to ever do it, but he's not the GOAT. That, my friends, belongs to the star of the better Space Jam, Larry Bird. Okay, I'm kidding. I love Larry Bird. Grew up a Celtics fan. Had to get Larry in there. Larry is great, but the title of GOAT belongs to Michael Jordan. And I'm not saying this as a 90s biased kid. I got it, all right? MJ was who was around when I was a kid. But I've watched both MJ and LeBron do their thing. 
LeBron is a beneficiary of compiling. LeBron's a compiler. He has compiled stats. It's easy to be at the top of every statistical category when you've been playing basketball for 20 flipping years. Not to take anything away from him, but Michael Jordan is 6-0 and in the NBA Finals. LeBron James, 4-6. and 6-0 and with one team, LeBron James, 4-6. and LeBron has as many losses as Jordan has wins. And Jordan has never lost in the finals. You might say, well, LeBron's been to way more. Well, LeBron has also played for three different teams. LeBron has also joined teams of superstars. Hello, Miami, where he won two of his championships. The other thing I have to say here, just so you know, I'm not biased. I did not grow up rooting for Michael Jordan. You have to remember, I'm a Boston guy. I'm a Celtics fan. I rooted against Michael Jordan. The only time I ever rooted for the Bulls is when they played the Lakers because the Lakers, you know, are the most hated team for any Boston fan. But I rooted against Jordan. And I, besides liking his shoes and his Nike commercials, I wanted Jordan to go down. And so I did this consistently. So you can't blame me for just being a 90s Homer here. I I did not want Jordan to succeed back in the day. I rooted against him, but he always won. He always found a way and he won. I would watch Bulls games on WGN because we used to get that station. I think everybody in America did as kids. And I would watch Michael Jordan night after night, will his team to victory. He would win games that his team absolutely had no business winning. But because Michael was that good, because he wanted to win, because he wanted to will his team to win, they would win. I truly believe that if Jordan would not have stopped playing basketball in his prime to go play baseball, which that's pretty impressive that he could even do that. If he had not stopped to go play baseball for a few years and not even retired, if he wouldn't have retired early, he would have at least 10 championship rings, but he left the game early. But he is undeniably the greatest. LeBron's a compiler, but LeBron's awesome. All right, I I would even give him second best of all time, but Michael Jordan is the greatest. So with that said, who do you think is the greatest? LeBron, MJ, someone else, comment on all of our stuff. Tell us who you think is the greatest. If you don't say Michael Jordan, just going to let you know offhand um, you're wrong. And I will pray for you because you obviously need salvation. Jordan is the best. Uh, I'm going to steal this from Grant because he told me this earlier as I was sharing with the guys what I was going to share with you. Um, LeBron didn't score one single point in college. Think about that. I know he, he didn't actually play in college, but still, Jordan, the greatest. All right, so my rant's over. That was my fun little rant. Um, let me do something else fun with you because every week on the show, we do Grant's central dad joke. And uh, we always got to get to this because they're, they're just that good. So tonight, Formative. I just realized that the sound effects were not live. So hopefully you can hear them now. That is affirmative. Yes, that's affirmative. Um, I am going to share some dad jokes with you because I equally like dad jokes as well. I love telling them to my kids. Getting my daughter's eyes to roll means success. And um, 
So yeah, I'm going to share some dad jokes with you tonight. I've got them, I've got some things written down. All right. I like to write. I'm a writer. Um, but I'm going to read these dad jokes to you and, um, yeah, hopefully make you laugh a little bit. So here we go. I'll get the music going. sure what shocked my mailman more. The fact that I came to the world completely naked or the fact that I knew where he lived. Alright, here's another. I ran into a lamppost yesterday. Luckily, I only sustained light under me. I slept like a log last night. I woke up in the fireplace. Alright, one more. It's a good one, I promise. It's a little bit longer, but you're gonna like it. I went to see the doctor the other day. Normally, the doctor's office is cold, boring, crowded with stale magazines, and it's so quiet that you can hear a pin drop. But this time it was different. Yeah, this time it was different. He had some tunes playing over a Bluetooth speaker in the waiting room. The whole room was filled with soft piano covers of well-known pop songs. And so as I sat there listening to Flowers by Miley Cyrus, some old person next to me leaned over and said, just like these young doctors, a crowded waiting room and he's in there playing the piano. All right. Yeah, they're bad, but we always got to have dad jokes and uh, thank you for um, obliging me to listen to the dad jokes. Hey, we're about 14 minutes in and uh, I want to get to really the crux of what I want to talk about. It's not just all fun and rants and things like that. I like having fun. I like humor, but um, I want to transition into sharing a little bit of my story and why I want to talk about faith and sports today. So I do consider myself to be an athlete. One, as a soldier in the United States Army, you have to pretty much be an athlete. You have to, to work out and you have to be fit enough to fulfill the requirements of the job. But in addition, as I talked about earlier, I'm an avid runner. I do marathons. Um, I, I sat purposely in front of my medals. This is the most recent one that I did, the Nashville Marathon, 26.2 miles. So much fun. Um, I have this really cool privilege right now of being an ambassador for the Brooks Running Company, thus the hat tonight. So I love Brooks running shoes. I've been wearing them for, for about 11 years since I've been in the Army. And uh, as a part of the Brooks Run Happy team, they, they hook me up with free gear. Um, I advertise that free gear, and I use it, and I review it, and I share it on my social media. I have a running Instagram account right now where I only talk about running mostly with other runners from all around the world, but I have about 4,600 followers. And uh, this has been something that's really been recent, like in the last year, year and a half or so. 
But God has blessed me to be able to do this and share my passion with running um, with people around the world and and talk to them a little bit about my life and how um, I use running in my life for many different things. But with that said, I, I don't take this hobby lightly. It's something that I pray about constantly. And that may sound weird. You may say, why do you pray about your running? But I pray because I want to use it for his glory. Do all for the glory of God. I, I absolutely want to do that. And so I, I do share my faith on this account. Not every post has something, you know, biblical on it or anything like that. But I do regularly talk about my faith. I talk about mental health. I talk about Jesus helps me with that, how running helps me with that, how God has given me running. I share scriptures often. Um, I don't shy away from the gospel through this account. I've actually been able to have several one-on-one -on -one conversations with individuals about Jesus. I've had individuals come and, and send me messages asking for me to, to pray with them. And so that's been really cool. And I see that as a ministry and an opportunity to use a passion for God's kingdom, for his glory. Hebrews 12.1 is my running life verse, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's so many parallels in scripture with running. Life itself is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It takes endurance. God produces endurance in us, as James chapter one says. He produces it in Christians um, by allowing us to navigate trials and challenging circumstances, but always supplying our needs and sustaining us. So I have personally always admired athletes who profess Christ and who are very vocal about it. Tim Tebow uh, for the Florida Gators and even in the NFL, um, he's always been one of my favorites because it just seems like that dude absolutely does not shy away from his identity in Christ. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, I encourage my kids to give all to the glory of God and all the things that they're passionate about. My daughter is an incredible dancer, pianist, singer, and actress. My son, he is the sports guru, so he loves sports. And I think if we're constantly thinking about broadcasting our faith and giving glory to God, then it's going to come naturally to give him glory in what we do every day. We'll use our natural giftedness for him whenever we're thinking this through. Sometimes it can feel forced. I get it. Absolutely. There are some times when I think it, it feels forced and maybe you see a professional athlete on TV who in an interview says, yeah, I want to thank God or something like that. And uh, not that that's wrong, but it can sometimes seem a little forced and, and possibly at times a little inauthentic. I'm not going to pretend that I'm in the same boat as professional athletes. I know that I'm not. Um, but as someone who does have opportunity to influence, albeit a much smaller pocket of people, I look at it as how am I going to point my sport or athletic achievements to God? How am I going to do this? But I don't have to rack my brain for this. I do pray about it, but I don't rack my brain and think, oh man, like how can I give God the glory in this? I, I, I have no idea. Before I ever practice, train, or compete, I first pray and I think about, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? 
if I'm if I'm just doing this for me, then I'm completely missing out on God's purpose for me and living for him, something much bigger than me. But if I'm doing this as a way to be healthy, to take on challenges that remind me of his faithfulness and his strength and lead others to see that, then I find myself being able to effectively give him glory through the sport. God is the only reason that I am 44 years old, that I've run two marathons this year, which by the way, less than 1% of the world's population will ever run a marathon. And not only that, by the grace of God, I was able to finish both those marathons this year in less than four hours, which by the way, of that less than 1% of the world, only about 35% of runners who run marathons will ever run a marathon in less than four hours. God is the only reason that I can say that. It's not because I'm awesome. It's because God is awesome. God is the only reason that I can still hang with soldiers who are 20 years younger than me or old enough to, you know, I'm old enough to be their dad. God has given me health. He has given me, praise God, mostly injury-free living to be able to do this. And he gets all the credit. He absolutely gets all the credit. Again, it's not because I'm great. I have no idea what I'm doing. In fact, if you ask me for run tips, I might be able to give you a few, but I, I'm probably not going to be able to give you great tips. God has carried me through this journey. He has He has given me credibility. He has given me... Um, you know, the strength to be able to do what I do. He's been able to keep me strong mentally through his son, Jesus, and through running. It clears my mind. It's my therapy. Um, I, I love running in the mornings and just seeing his creation and the sunrises, the rivers and mountains, animals, all that stuff. I breathe in that fresh air as I exercise. It stimulates me mentally and it crescendos when I come home after a, a long run and I walk in the door, and I get my cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. It's the best. It's awesome. You should try it. I'm not telling you that you have to be a runner in order to be close to God, but that's part of what God uses to draw me to him, and I think it's really cool. He gives us all different passions, but God uses that to give me peace, strength, and mental comfort. And so even when my days are hard and challenging, which, by the way, in the Army, most days are like that, God gives me that peace. And running is one of the ways that he has definitely done that. So I don't want you to, to mishear me um, as you're listening to this. I'm not here to say that athletics or running have to be your thing. All right. I am talking about faith and sports, but I want to think bigger picture, not just sports, but anything that you have a desire to do, doing it all for the glory of God. So what I want to ask you is this simple question. What is that thing in your life? What has God given you a passion to do? He didn't just give you these passions by accident to use selfishly. In fact, if you use that passion selfishly, listen up, you will only experience a tiny sliver of a fraction of the satisfaction and joy that God intends for you to have through that passion that he, as your creator, built into you. Only a sliver. Now, you may not 
be experiencing the fullness of that passion because you know what? You haven't used it for God the way that God intended for you to use it. How do I know this? How do I know this? You know why? Because I've been there. I've done that. In fact, I've been running almost my entire life. Running almost my entire life since I was a little kid. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I really got serious about using this passion as God's vehicle. Like I believe he intended for me to do it. I don't take my my platform with Brooks lightly at all. I mean, I, I will share, you know, about Brooks products and run gear. And, and at the same time, I will share about my Savior. And I absolutely love it. It's been one of the neatest opportunities. And if you're an athlete out there, so I'm, I, yeah, I know I'm talking to everybody, but right now, specifically athletes, if you're an athlete out there, how can you use your sport for the kingdom of God? I've seen guys come to faith over pickup basketball. I've seen basketball through the church be a vehicle in which people get connected to a church and ultimately get connected to Jesus. I was involved in FCA when I was in high school, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. What a great way to find accountability through athletics and finding other Christians. While I was at West Point, get this, I got to baptize like half the rugby team, which was so cool. And the reason for that is because young men were coming to faith through a teammate, a rugby teammate that was passionate about Jesus. And he was using his passion for rugby and his passion for Jesus for the kingdom of God. One of the biggest traps is that we believe God just sort of gave us all these random passions, or maybe he gave us no talent or passions. And uh, that trap is thinking that you have to abandon the things you like in order to pursue godly things. That's not the case. Not necessarily. I mean, if God gave you passions, and I'm not talking about sinful passions, obviously, but if God gave you passions, true passions, true abilities, talents, he will use them in any context. So don't limit God. Don't say, well, God, you gave me all these passions, but how do I use that in my job? How do I use that as a mailman? How do I use that as a Walmart you know, stock boy? How do I use that in the army? How do I use that in a church? How do I use that as a teacher? How do I use these passions? If God gave you passions, then he's going to be able to use them in any context. So don't shortcut God. In both youth ministry and army chaplaincy, which I've been doing since 2005, all right, 18 years, I have been able to use music, film, writing, and athletics all to minister to students and soldiers and to families. All of it. Don't ever doubt for a minute that God can use your passions in your current context. He doesn't have to move you out. If you're athletic, you don't necessarily have to be a professional athlete in order to use athletics for the glory of God. If you're artsy, you don't have to be a famous singer, a famous artist, or a famous author, or anything like that. If you love cars, it doesn't mean that you have to have the fastest car in the world or the nicest muscle car ever. If you have passions, God will find ways to use them. In fact, God doesn't have to go out and search ways. God already knows them. It's up to us to get on board with God and figure out what that is. 1 Peter 1.13 is my actual 
life verse. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. I love that. And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Prepare your minds for action. Like you prepare to do anything that you're passionate about. Prepare your mind. That's how you give glory to God. Pray before you do it. Ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? That's how you do what God has has put you on earth to do. That's how you live with peace. You prepare your mind in Christ Jesus. You get into his word. Obviously, that's a Sunday school answer, but you get into his word. You pray about how God would use your passions and you meditate on that. You think about it. You know, here's the deal. And I get this. I mean, everybody's life is different. Life can be hard. Life can absolutely be hard. So my last marathon, which was um, not even a month ago, is back at the end of April. I got to mile 23 and uh, my legs wanted to quit. They were seizing up on me. My right calf um, just cramped so hard. They were sore. They were tired. They were worn down. However, I gutted away the last 3.2 miles, knowing that the reward of crossing that finish line and getting a medal and seeing my family awaited me. As cool as those things are, and they all, all that stuff is pretty cool, this is nothing compared to the reward that we have waiting for us at the end of this life if we know Jesus Christ. So always set your minds on that hope. That's how you get to the finish line. And that's how you do it well. If you don't set your minds on that hope, here's what's going to happen. You may be tempted to quit. You may be tempted to give up when life gets hard. Set your mind on that hope. That's the goal. That's the prize. Hey, I love you guys. You've hung with me for 30 minutes. I want to thank you for listening. Here's the deal. God has big plans for you. Talking to you, God has big plans for you. If you don't believe me, ask him. <laughs>